0: Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your presence, your power. We thank you for the sovereign working of your spirit. We thank you for the privilege of giving. We give not because you need, but we give because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, and we worship you because every good gift that we have has come from you anyway. I pray receive this offering today as worship unto you, for that's what we desire it to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you as these men wait upon you today. Amen. I'm going to um, I'm going to turn off one of these lights because it might make things a little clearer there on the wall. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about a facility. We've been praying, we've been praying and looking, and so I, I sort of gave you some teasers that we might give you a few updates today, and so I'm going to do that. Um I'm going to give you the really short version. I'm going to do my best to give you the short version. Uh, let me start by saying this: everything is not final yet. Okay, uh, we are waiting. Uh, we are waiting to hear back. There are three different. Uh, there are three different church organizations involved, and um, one of them, uh, their local. Leadership, and by that I mean like their local uh, church governing leadership, which is based on the west side. Uh, they have a presbyter and a board that's uh, they have 100% approved the go forward. They now have to take that and they have now submitted that to their national board. Their national board has to approve this transaction that we are proposing, and um, we have. Confidence the Lord is at work here and here's the short version last May I was having a cup of coffee one morning with a young man here from the church and uh, before we went to our jobs and and uh, anyway we finished and it was there on Tieton by where the old Ace Hardware was anybody know where that's at Ace Hardware Joyens fabric and Goodwill all right there. And so we finished our cup of coffee and that Ace Hardware was empty because they'd moved up across the street. And I said, hey, let's go look in that building. Maybe that building, that old retail building could be converted and we could use that for a church. And so, because we need more room. And so uh, I went over there, looked in the door or looked through the windows and stuff. And there's poles everywhere that look like they probably wouldn't move. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. We're not going to do that. And so we were walking back to the coffee shop and I looked across the business parking lot and the road, and there's a church up there on Tiotin. And I saw a sprinkler out in the yard. And I told the young man, I said, Hey, that sprinkler's going. There's a hose. Somebody sat that out. That's not an automatic sprinkler. I said, Let's go up there and see if we can find who put it out and ask some questions. And so we did. We jumped the retaining wall, ran across the street, and got up there. And I met the pastor. Said, hey, any chance you might be interested in renting this building if we wanted it? He said, well, actually, we may be selling it. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. He said, you want a tour? I said, please. And so he gave us a tour right then. We walked through the building. It was very gracious. Matter of fact, that pastor has come and joined us uh, two or three times for Saturday morning prayer. When we've met here since then, he has remarked about how moved he's been by our spirit. And so when we walked through the building, uh, he said, hey, we're working with another church right now that we think may be buying it, so right now it's... I said, hey, no worries, understand, thank you for showing me. And two weeks later, he called me back and said, hey, um, no update, but I wanted you to know I hadn't forgot about you. But he said, would you be open to having a cup of coffee? I'd, I'd love to just visit with you. I don't really have any pastor friends or anything. And so, so him and I got together and spent two hours over coffee, And he made this statement about the building. He said, the other church that's looking at it, he said, I can't share that right now. But he said, they have architects and engineers that are looking at this building here on Titan to make some changes to see if it would work for them. I said, hey, I'm content to wait. I've learned that. And so um, he said, "Okay." And it was a good visit. That was on a Friday. Um, It was probably June by that point. The next Monday, I was leaving a meeting and driving through town, and I get a phone call uh, from a friend of mine that was my neighbor. He's also a pastor. Some of you met Preston Jones. He pastors the church on Lincoln. We used that building a couple of nights when Brother Berglund taught. He calls me. He never calls me. That's not a hyperbole. He never calls me. He always texts. For him to call, something's up. I'm like, so I answered the call right away as I'm driving down the road, hands free in my car. Don't judge me. And so I answered the call. I'm like, hey, Preston, what's up? He's like, hey, somebody heard you were using our building. And uh, they wondered if you might be interested in purchasing a building. I said, well, we might if it. I said, yeah, tell me about it. And so he told me, he said, you know, this youth pastor I used to work with, his wife called me. said they may be selling their building. want to know if. You, and I said, well, yeah, we'd be interested. I should share my information or send me theirs. Or He says, yeah, yeah. I said, well, do you know where it's at? He said, yeah, I do. I said, well, can you tell me? And he said, yeah. And so he told me where it was. And I said, Preston, I'm driving by that building right now. He said, are you serious? I said, I'm serious. Matter of fact, I just turned in the parking lot. I'm in the parking lot now. He said, really? I said, really? He said, I'd go knock on the door. I said, I am. (laughs) And so and there's no exaggeration there at all. And so I walked up, knocked on the door. And the youth pastor's wife that had called Preston, that youth pastor came to the door and opened the door for me. And I said, man, Preston just called me. And I was, he goes, oh, wow, well, come in. I went in, he took me in, he said, here's the pastor, introduces me to the pastor in his office. We talked for a couple of minutes. And uh, he says, you want to see the building? I said, yes, he gives us a tour of the building. Deja vu. And so... I tell you how my mind works. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, we just wanted one. Maybe you're going to give us two. I don't know. But uh, so we tour the building. We go back. Now it's just the pastor and I, and we sit down in his office. And he says, we're working with another building right now. So even the congregation doesn't know we want to sell this property yet. He said, but the building we're working on, he said, right now we have architects and engineers looking at it true story. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, you wouldn't happen to be working with, he goes, yeah. I said, look, I got to stop you. I didn't know that. But when you said, see, it it didn't take a lot of discernment to pick that up, did it? You heard me say architects and engineers. That's exactly how it happened for me. When he used those same words, I said, he said, yeah. And so, I told him the story. He said, so you've met him. I said, yeah. He calls him, And the other pastor, Mike, says, I I wanted to introduce Joel to you. Joel, I wanted to introduce you to him. I can't believe you met him. This this has got to be God. Both of these other pastors are saying, if this happens, this is a miracle. Well, their plan was to swap buildings. Uh, But the reality was, for the one congregation on Titan, they really didn't need a building of the size, and financially it wasn't probably going to be able to work. And so I said to them, I said, what if we did a three-way swap? What if we gave the church on Tyotin our building here, this church, other church building, got the Tyotin building, less the difference of what we gave up here, and we got that other church's building, less the difference of what we gave up here. And they both looked at me and said, can you do that? I said, well, you know, I think maybe we could. And a little time went by. They had to ponder over that. And they came back and said, if you think this can work, we think we'd like to try this. And so we all toured each other's buildings. And last Monday, about 12 of us sat down uh, with a real estate attorney just to find out how feasible is this. And he said, yeah, we can do it, and gave us some pointers and some guidelines and ways to do it. And um, so to God be the glory, we were waiting. On Friday night, um, my wife and I, our family, Elder Flowers, uh, we also had a few others uh, from here. Elder Flowers had Joel and Debbie Hart with him, who assist him, of course, we had the Rodriguez and the Charles go with us uh, because, of course, they do a lot. And the Charles, we want them to see how the Sunday school would work and stuff like that. And uh, and Brother Joel Garcia went with us because he helps a lot with the facility. We wanted him to see some facility stuff, and he's got a lot of knowledge that way. So anyway, we walked through it, and, and we're going to share a few pictures with you this morning. A picture is worth a thousand words, somebody said. You guys said, thank God. So. So, what you see here, I, I know that's not the brightest, um, but this is the foyer. Okay, this is when you walk in, so it's got a big foyer. Um, and then the next picture is looking from the other direction, back toward, you can see the entrance right there where those doors are. And then you can see the doors into the sanctuary there off of the foyer. I'm sort of blocking some people over here, I know, but uh, so then this is the sanctuary. Uh, From the platform, uh, looking back, I'll get over here out of the way. Uh, This is the sanctuary from the platform, looking back, and then if you flip, we're looking from the back towards the front. Um, The the A-frame can make it seem a little like, well, is there any more room? I can tell you right now, there's 155 chairs on the floor in the building right now, and they have some aisles that are this wide between the rows. Well, you know we don't work <laughs> that way. Um, but, and then they have a big old platform. You can't hardly see it, but it's in the middle there. They have this big, huge platform built with a camera standing on it right in the middle of the room. We would get rid of that. We know feasibly they have had, with the way they set up, they've had 210 seats on the floor without trying to pack it in. Um, we've looked at things. Uh, I've gone through the building now three times, and we've looked at things, and we believe that we could, we could definitely get 220 on the floor without a problem, and I think we could probably get as many as 250 on the floor without anybody going, man, this is crazy. We're like holding our knees against our chest. We wouldn't do that, uh, but we think 250 is probably feasible on the floor without a problem. With some modifications, there's a huge platform. And you know how much we use a platform. Like I'm never up here, and I know we use the praise team up here, but uh, that platform that's there is probably four times the size of this one. Yeah, we don't need all that. And so we would probably cut that back a little bit. And I was talking to the pastor about that. He's like, I never need all of it either. I don't know why. We never thought about just taking it back. But we could do that and probably gain a couple of more rows as well. Uh, that could get us maybe even as many as 280. I don't know that for sure, but so that gives you an idea of size. Um, sorry, we don't have pictures of the downstairs. We had a few, but they were just sort of spot pictures and wouldn't give, really give you a feel. I can tell you right now, downstairs. Those of you who know downstairs in this building, the fellowship hall in this building not counting the classrooms or the kitchen, is like 609, 615 square feet in that fellowship hall down there. The fellowship hall, not counting the kitchen or the classrooms there, is just shy of 1,300 square feet. So almost double, a little over double what we have right now downstairs. Downstairs. The other thing that's there is all the way down one whole bank of walls downstairs. There are five classrooms, five individual classrooms. A brother Joey and Sister Stephanie, Charles were like kids in a candy store, uh, you know. And so it, it was beautiful and a nice storage closet for supplies for the Sunday school classrooms. And uh, so anyway, uh, it's there. I'll tell you where it's at because I know that's the thing in the back of your mind. Uh, and, and let me say this, I realize there may be different questions along the way. Look, we don't have all the answers yet. Okay. So please don't come ask me questions (laughs) yet. We'll share more as we know. Okay. I'm being a little lighthearted there, but but please don't bombard us with, we're telling, we're sharing with you what we got right now. Okay. We're sharing with you what we got as we know more, we'll tell you more, um, So anyway, and I'm going to tell you where the building is. You can feel free to drive by, obviously, if you want this, a free country. Please, 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 please do not go up and knock on the door or try to peer in the windows. And please, okay? Maybe that sounds silly asking you that. But we want to be respectful that they're still using the building and operating the facility and And they're so wonderful, warm, and gracious. I know that if somebody went up and started looking in the door, they'd come check on you, and you'd tell them who you were, and they'd say, oh, come on in, and we'll show you. And we we don't want to add that to their plate, okay? So please, if you want to drive by, you can drive by. But please don't go up and do all that, okay? Is that fair? fair. All right. Uh, So the building is right in the heart of Yakima. Uh, it is on Knob Hill and Cornell, right in the center of Yakima. For all of you frequent Dollar Tree visitors, it's right there beside it. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I know where it's at now. There's a church there? Yeah, yeah, you've just been going straight to Dollar Tree. Amen. <laughs> That's funny. But it's right in the center of town. Um, it has a paved parking lot on the front and the back of it with right at 80 parking locations. They said they've never filled it up. Um, and so we, we will see what the Lord will do. And um, it will be nothing short of a miracle. I believe Him directing our steps. We couldn't have orchestrated this if we'd tried. It just started with a sprinkler out in the middle of, well, really it started with people praying and then one day on the right day having coffee, there was a sprinkler on a lawn. And so we thank God and we'll just see what happens. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, the, the church that we shared with you there on Knob Hill, and we are ready to go. Okay? We're waiting on the other element that we shared, uh, and that is um, the church on Titan communicating with their national level, which is in Houston. We believe that got submitted last week. And so we, we don't know what that timeline looks like. We're just waiting. Okay? Once they say the word and say we have approval, we'll go right back to the real estate attorney say, hey, draw this up for us so that we can get this done legally, get to the title company, get things in order, and we'll see. Um, I, I hate to give timelines because that gets us in trouble, but if I had my way... We'd be there by the 1st of April. But we'll just have to see what the Lord will do. Amen? So, now let me say this. We, I'm excited. But don't think for a minute transition doesn't have bumps in the road. Amen? Amen? And so we have to determine and remember, hold on. We are the body of Christ. And how foolish would it be that in the midst of God miraculously providing us a facility that we have waited and prayed for, how foolish would it be that something along the way in transition could possibly bring an offense to somebody? I know it's hard to think that could happen, but I've witnessed it before. Well, what about the color of the curtains? Are you kidding me? That was a made-up example. I'm not saying that's happened. Okay. But we're excited by it and believing God for it. I believe Elder and Sister Flowers are going to share this news with them today. There are questions about what does that look like. Uh, Elder and Sister Flowers and us, we remain in regular communication. We're aware that our decisions are not just affecting uh, one congregation. And so... Uh, We anticipate it's quite possible that we may go into that facility as a single congregation um, because of the capacity. And so we will just keep following after the Lord, waiting on the Lord in that. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the body of Christ? Praise God. Praise God. And he just like, you feel like, man, there's a really, really, really pertinent question that he didn't answer. Sister Mary, there is not a baptistry. That's a very pertinent question. There is water up on the platform. Uh, Not on the platform, but there's... (laughs) (laughs) We've dealt with that. I'm not doing that again. Uh, there, There is water ran to the platform they originally had a leak, so they took the baptistry out, and they use like a... Um, Brother Jacinto and I have had practice now. Thank you, Brother Jacinto. They use a a blow-up hot tub, like from Costco, like a nice... Not like a blow-up pool. It's a, it's a nice... They use like a blow-up hot tub when they're going to do baptistries. They blow it up, put it right at the front, fill it up with water, and they do baptisms there. I don't, we'll cross that bridge, but it's definitely a need. That's a... Any other burning, pertinent questions? Okay. I I will say this. The building is turnkey ready. Okay, you remember many of you were here when we moved into this property. We've done a lot of work on this property, as you know. A lot of work on this property. This building... We go in; it's ready to go. They have taken care of the building. They have upgraded the building. has a full kitchen, has a nice full kitchen. They have taken care of the property. It ha- oh this I know you'll love this. My wife was thinking this over here. See, I we communicate after thirty two years almost. We, she was thinking this. Upstairs there are only two bathrooms. They are single bathrooms. There are two single bathrooms. But when you go down the short flight of stairs, there are two more bathrooms. The men's bathroom has four stalls in it, and the ladies' bathroom has three. So we'll have a total of four separate bathrooms. And so, whereas now we just have three individual. So, praise God. (laughs) We're excited about that. Who knew bathrooms could be so exciting? Amen. You just don't know what you don't have until you don't have it. Amen. God knows, doesn't he? And I'm going to tell you, I, I told you capacity. I'd imagine we'll go in with one service. I just don't know how long one service will last. I don't know that it will take long with what the Lord is doing that we'll go right back to two because of capacity. And somebody said, well, why would you start there then? Because I can't find a building that seats 500. And this is what the Lord has provided. Amen? Praise God. I'm going to dismiss the teachers to their classrooms today. God bless our teachers. Amen. I do want to say thank you to all of the parents and otherwise that drove yesterday and all of the youth who made the trip to Pasco. Appreciate our young people very much. Also, should let you know, I'm not like drinking coffee along the journey here. If you're like, "Man, Elder's getting really comfortable," he's just carrying his coffee. To <laughs> uh, this is water. I'm just uh, it's just convenient to fill the cup with water and carry. So, <laughs> not that you all would judge me. I just didn't want you to think, "Well, you know, Elder's got coffee in the sanctuary. I'll just carry coffee in this." No, no, no. We don't want coffee all over the floor. So, Amen. I've got a I've got a dry throat. So. Amen. Oh, we better dismiss the children. We have classes for children downstairs, 2 to 12. They will be blessed. They will receive ministry of the word. There will be kids their ages all together, and they'll have a great time. Amen. No pressure. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we just stand together for a moment before we go into the Word? I know I've shared a lot with you there. Could we just thank the Lord one more time for His presence, for the open door, for the drawing of His Spirit upon our hearts today. Jesus, we love You. We thank You for Your goodness, Your mercy, and Your grace. I thank You, Lord, for every soul in this room. You know each and every one by name. You've numbered the hairs upon our head. Your love toward us is unconditional, and we thank you for it, Jesus. I pray be glorified here today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Obviously, with what we've just talked about, we are in a time of transition. We've been hearing about that a little bit, haven't we? And, um, you know, change is a wonderful thing most of the time. And change can be exciting. You know, it's a funny thing about vacation. They say that people usually get more enjoyment out of planning the vacation. It's been proven. doesn't mean that people don't enjoy vacation. But the thing that seems to give them joy or sort of... I don't know if it's a dopamine thing, like the apps on your phone and stuff, but the thing that seems to give people the joy is the planning process. I keep thinking, I wish my wife would get the joy of the, I always plan all the vacations and stuff. She she loves hearing about it. She loves it when I'm planning. Uh, But, you know, with change, change can be really exciting. It's like, oh, something new is happening, something, And, and when we go into those, when we go into change, stay with me, we're... We're we're going somewhere here today. When we go into change and transition and we talk about that, it is exciting, new chapter, new... But there's also unknowns, right? And that's part of the excitement sometimes. Man, I just can't wait to see. I can't wait to... The unknown. But then sometimes the unknown becomes like, oh, no. You know, Israel was pretty excited to be getting out of Egypt remember oh man the blood on the doorpost we don't know what this is about but the Lord said and they had faith because they'd seen a few things they put blood on the doorpost and the angel came through firstborn of every house that didn't have the blood died and Egypt said get out of here they didn't have to lift a finger to get out Egypt said leave and take everything get out And the Lord did a great deliverance and they were excited they went out with joy didn't they they went out excited. They went out rejoicing. But it wasn't long. They're like, uh-oh, where are we going? Yeah? Where are we going? And, uh-oh, then it wasn't long. Egypt's coming after us. Huh? And what went from joy and excitement went to uncertainty and fear in a hurry, didn't it? It's human nature. The moment we stop trusting him. They get to the Red Sea. And you know, it's funny. I don't have an ulterior motive in this, but this is just a reality. When it got a little ugly, when they get to the Red Sea, and Egypt's coming close, what did they do? They started bashing their leadership. Like I said, there's not an ulterior motive in there, but nobody's bashing on us. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to. But right, they're like, Moses, what are you doing? Why'd you lead us out here to die? At least in Egypt. Oh man, a few days ago, Moses was all that in a box of chocolate. But he knew it wasn't him. It was the hand of the Lord. It was the hand of the Lord. It wasn't the man. It was the hand of God. They weren't really attacking Moses. He was just someone that they could look. But it was God they were having issue with. God, you did this. As though God didn't know what he was doing. We're fickle, aren't we? And so we've got to learn this about transition. Now this is broader than just a building, by the way. We've got to learn this about transition in the kingdom of God. And in our walk with God, we have to learn this. Transition is not always just wonderful and feels great and everything's perfect. But we have to remember why we started the journey. I, I think of a story that's been on my heart and different ones. We've talked about it the last little bit. You know, Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. Remember that? Just fed a few thousand people with five loaves and two fish. or He said, hey, get in the boat and go to the other side. And they, they heard from God. They were excited. We don't know where we're going, the other side, but here we go. It was transition. They were going from a place they'd been where they'd seen the miraculous, but he had something more he was taking them to. But the journey between where they were and where he was taking them wasn't automatic. That's what we want sometimes. But there's a process in the journey that the Lord has us on. And every time, not every time maybe, but it seems like, Every time when we're transitioning from one place God has had us to another, there seems to be a storm in the middle. All right. Yeah? I mean, that's what happened, right? They get halfway there. It says when they were in the midst of the sea. That's about halfway. Halfway to where they don't know where they're going. They've left what they didn't know, and then there's a storm. What does a storm do? anxiety, fear, begin to question. Man, what were we thinking? I I would imagine, this is my imagination, I'm not trying to add to Scripture, I would imagine some of them would say, are you sure he said get in the boat? You ever had those thoughts? Hold on, was that God? I mean, it sure seemed like it when I started, but whatever I'm dealing with now, I don't know. Human nature. It's fickle it starts looking at the circumstances, starts looking at natural things, starts looking at things that we see with the natural eye, and forgets. No, 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 no. I heard from God. I have direction from God. Nature, nature may not agree, but I know what God said. I have spiritual direction. Yes, there will be storm. Don't you know the children of Israel? They headed out of the wilderness. Or out of Egypt, they're excited. Praise God, I'm coming out of bondage. You didn't tell me I was going to be in the wilderness. I just heard promised land. Isn't that just like us? I just heard promised land. Why didn't you tell me about journey? Well, because if I tell you about the journey, you won't make it. What do I mean you won't make it? You'll choose not to make the journey. You and I would sit there in human reasoning going, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. What you promised me sounds good, but you're telling me I got to do this and I got to go through this and I got to endure that and I got to, oh man, I don't know. You know, maybe I can just endure right here where I'm at. That's what human nature does. And so, what the Lord and His, He says, I got to take you places. I want to move you in your walk with God. I don't intend for you to come to a place in me and just stay there. I want you to grow. I have plans for you. I want to continue taking you in your walk. I want to continue using you. Yes, I've used you before, but I'm getting ready to take you somewhere I haven't taken you before. I'm going to use you in ways you have not seen before. But from here to there is not automatic, it's transition. And there's almost always a wilderness or a storm. We got to learn not to focus on the storm. Now, watch. Second Corinthians chapter 3. I want you to see something here. Bishop referenced this a couple of weeks ago when he, he was here and I, I sent the I sent that link out from that service. It was the 1115 service, I think, a couple of weeks ago or last week. I lose track of time. And he referenced us being living letters written and read of men. He didn't read, but he referenced this. I want you to see it here in 2 Corinthians 3. Paul's asking the question. He said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need, like others, Letters of recommendation to you or letters of commendation from you. He said, hey, do we need some letter? Verse 2. He said, you are our letter or epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Verse 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared. Now, we can read that and pass over that, but I want to make sure you see what the Apostle Paul's saying. We talk about manifestation something being made manifest is revealed and seen by others it's made manifest this is the scripture said of the lord jesus christ he was god manifest in the flesh what was that read that in 2 Timothy 3:16 right 1 Timothy 2 Timothy 1 Timothy 3:16 we read that and so he said he was god manifest in the flesh how did people see god how did god manifest himself To mankind in the flesh, in the flesh, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. He was not a part of God, a piece of God, a portion of God. He was God manifest in the flesh. Yes. Okay. So he was that manifestation, living, breathing. John said in 1 John, we've touched him. We've seen him. Our eyes have handled of the word of life. That was the manifestation. So Paul is saying, I want you to have that context, because Paul said, you and I, we are manifestly declared. That doesn't mean just somebody spoke about us. We're living letters. That's what he just said in the verse first, living epistles. We're manifestly declared. Our life becomes a declaration. Our life on the job, our life in the school, our life with our family, our life in family reunions and gatherings, our life becomes a manifest declaration of the epistle of Christ, which is ministered by us. It's what our life is meant to be. When he fills us with his spirit, we become the manifestation. All right? It's written, he says, not with ink, but it's written with the spirit of the living God. That's why when you're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is what he prophesied in Isaiah. He said, you know, I'm no longer going to write on tables of stone, but he said, I'm going to write on the fleshy tables of the heart. My law has been on stone, but I'm going to put it in their hearts. You with me? How's He going to put the law, the Word of God in our heart? Well, He was the Word. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, verse 14. And the Word, or God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. All right. So it's written in our hearts by the Spirit of God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Verse 4. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that... Notice verse 5 not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God God has made us all able ministers of the new testament not of the letter not of the but of the spirit not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life Now, verse 7, that was all precursor, get to verse 7. But if the ministration or the ministry of death, written and engraven in stone, so he's talking about the Old Testament law, if the Old Testament law was the ministry of death, if that was glorious, and he's saying it was, how glorious was it? It was so glorious that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses. Remember Moses got the law on the mount and he came down and his face shone the glory of God. So he had to cover it with a veil. He said if that law was glorious and the children couldn't behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance. Which glory was to be done away? If that Old Testament glory was so glorious that they couldn't even look on the face of one who had been in the presence and the glory of God. And that glory, the Old Testament was going to be done away with. Watch verse 8. How shall not the ministry of the Spirit be rather glorious? Now, this King James can lose us sometimes, can it? Here's what Paul said. I know most of you got it, but I want to make sure none of us missed it. Because he's talking about us. Okay? Here's what Paul said. He said... Your living letters written by God, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you were buried in Jesus' name and your sins were washed away in the name of Jesus Christ by the applying of the blood of Jesus, and you receive the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost like they did in Acts 2 and Acts 8 and acts 10 and Acts 19. you receive the baptism of the gift of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. the Spirit of God comes and dwells in you. He begins to write on the tables of your heart. It goes from head to heart. The Spirit of the living God begins to write, And you and I become living letters. This is what he said. "The The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. You who were dead in your trespasses and sin, has he quickened or made alive together. How did he do that? By the indwelling of his Spirit. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive the resurrection and the life. Amen? And so... He does this, and so Paul said, hey, you became a living letter. When the Spirit of God came and dwelt in your heart, Brother Martin, you became a living letter, and now he's writing. Now, is he done? No, he's continuing to write. Your story keeps getting written. That's what uh, Bishop referenced a couple weeks ago. He's still writing chapters, pages, right? And so he's still writing, but it's the Spirit of God that's writing now. The Spirit of God that's writing now. And he says, hey, if that Old Testament law written on tables of stone was glorious, and it was, how much more, how much more these letters of the Spirit? How glorious are they? Now here's the question who are they? Who? It's us. We're the letters. And Paul said, if the Old Testament was glorious, if the glory that came with that law was something, what in the world is going on in you that's filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost who's a letter? How glorious is that? What's happening? The glory of the Lord is trying to be revealed, manifestly declared through living letters. Not about us. Our sufficiency is, this is what Paul's saying, our sufficiency is not of ourselves. We're not going, wow, we're glorious. Look how glorious we are. No, 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 no. The sufficiency isn't of ourselves. It's of God who dwells in us. It's riding on our heart. Amen. And so people see us and go, how is it this? I don't understand. You seem to be, well, we go, well, it's not me. It's this treasure that's in this earthen vessel. That's what Paul said when he said, this treasure that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. A living letter. You with me? Okay, that's what Paul said. So now we all understand. And he said, so the ministry of the Spirit will be much more glorious. For if the ministry of condemnation be glory, that's the law, much more does the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory. For even, he, even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away, the law, the Old Testament, the Old Testament, if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remains is glorious. Now skip down to verse 17. So that was all foundational. We're going to move quick now. So you have this picture of who we are and who we're meant to be when we're filled with the Spirit of God as living letters manifesting the glory of God. Now watch what Paul says. Now, the Spirit, which Spirit? The Spirit that writes on the tables of our heart. Who is that Spirit that writes on the table of our heart? Well, thank the Lord for the Scripture. It tells us who that Spirit is. The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Next verse. But we all, everybody say we all. all. Who's Who's the we all? The we all is every child of God that's been filled with the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of God's riding on their heart. We all. With an open face, behold, as in a glass. That's like in a mirror. We all, with an open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. You guys are like, man, it took a long time to get here, but I need you to see context. We all are changed. Everybody say changed. changed. We all are changed. That doesn't say we'll be changed. Paul is saying, hey, this is something that's already happening if the Spirit of God has filled your life. This is something that's already taken place if the Spirit of God came into you and you're letting Him ride on the fleshy tables of your heart. You've been changed. But change is not once and done. We are changed into the same what? Aha. We are changed into the same image from glory to Glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how God intends, this is His design and plan to work in our lives. It's constant change. Paul in Romans 12 used the word transformed. He said, be not conformed or shaped by, molded by. Don't be conformed to this world. But he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed there is metamorphosis. It's a Greek word that we use, metamorphosis in biology. How a butterfly, right? A caterpillar goes in a cocoon, gets in there for a few days and come, or however long and comes out as a butterfly. Metamorphosis change from one image to another. That's the same Greek word that Paul used when he said, be transformed, be metamorphosized. Your image changes. How does it change? It changes by the renewing of your mind, he said. Well, what's the re- that word renewing actually should be, in English, would be renovating. That means a tearing down of some things and a rebuilding. Tear down old way of thinking, build a new way of thinking. What does that? Do we do that by book learning? No, 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 no. The Spirit of God does that. The indwelling Spirit of God says, and we're like, why did I think that was okay? Well, because I used to be an old man. But I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. That's why the word repentance is literally a change of one's mind, is what it literally means in Scripture. Repentance is, metanoia, a change of one's mind. The repentance is what brings transformation. And so Paul, back to 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory. There's this ongoing progressive work of the Spirit of God that should be happening in our lives. Transition. And so you know what? Almost... I'd almost say always, but I just don't know that I can. Almost every time the Lord says, Brother and Sister Santos, it's time to go on to another glory. I don't mean leave this world. I'm not <laughs> prophesying death here. <laughs> just in case. Don't where you've been living, where you've been walking in the spirit, it's glorious. But I'm ready to take you from that glory to another glory. From glory to glory. But here's the deal. It's exciting. But usually there's wilderness or storm. From glory to glory. You guys thought I forgot about that storm stuff, didn't you? There's usually a storm from glory to glory. I can look back through my short 53 years of living and I can look at places some of the hardest and darkest parts of my life and I can look at the before and the after and I've come to learn He's just taken me from glory to glory. See, when we learn that, we don't focus on the storm. We understand. Ah, I know what's happening. The adversary is trying to deter me from letting him take me where he wants to take me. And so there is these, God bless whoever set that bottle there. Took my coffee cup though. Oh, I didn't offend you with my coffee cup. This, this glory to glory. Somebody was so slick I didn't even see that. God bless them. And so this this glory to glory, we'd like it to be automatic. We'd like it to be like... Man, I was walking here, and I was enjoying what God was doing, but the Lord spoke to me in prayer. He said, I'm getting ready to take you a little higher, a little deeper, whatever word you want to use. The Lord spoke to me, and you got excited. You thought, man, when it happens, it's going to be like this. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'm walking on higher ground. I'm excited. and I, I've been there a while. I'm rejoicing. The Lord says, I'm going to take you a little higher. I, oh, he took me up. We want not skip all the storm. I don't want any trial. I don't want any test. I don't want any wilderness. I don't want any pain. I don't want any suffering. But I'm telling you, there's a transition from glory to glory. You just got to know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There is something that happens in the process. What happened in the wilderness? The Lord said, I'm going to do some things out here in the wilderness. I'm going to prove you. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to let you suffer. I'm going to let you have a little bit of hunger. I'm going to feed you with some bread. But you're going to learn man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live. Read, it's in there in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He said, Now I'm doing all this in the wilderness to prove you. Why am I proving you? Because I'm taking you to a place you haven't been before in me. I'm going to do things with you I haven't done before, but i got to prove your motive. i got to prove your heart. i got to prove your spirit so that when I get you there, I am still the one that's all sufficient. It's not you taking the credit. You didn't get yourself there. You didn't do that on your own. You recognize only God did this from glory to glory. Give you a real life example quickly. I won't tell you the whole story. We don't have time, and most of you have heard parts of it anyway. It was, it was 25, 26 years ago, right at 26 years ago, almost probably 25, I think about kids' ages. About 25 years ago, I, I walked away from my job managing Walmart stores. The Lord had dealt with me, told me it was time to do it. I was excited, change is coming, God's leading us somewhere. Praise God. I was already working with the church. We were doing things with youth across the state, and uh, we were excited about that. We thought, man, this is great. I was working 65 to 75-hour work weeks. That's not an exaggeration. That was consistent, 65, 75-hour weeks as a Walmart store manager. I'm like, man, praise God. I'm going to get down to about a 50 hour week job. I'll really be able to pour myself into ministry like I haven't before. I'm excited about this. And I knew the Lord was, he told me to leave. I'm excited. I'm 26 years old. Still young and dumb? If you're 26, I'm not saying you're young and dumb. I was. I was. Sorry, I realized how that might have sounded. I was. Okay? Cocky as could be, you know, right? And so I'm thinking, here we go. You know, God has been good. He's kept us all the way. He's never failed us. And here we go, and and he never has failed us. And I thought, man, wherever we're going, this is exciting, this is exciting. Little did I know what the next four years were going to look like. For the next four and a half years, most of the time, we didn't know where the next meal was coming from. I got a job for a short time, and then that job ended. I got let go, and shortly after, they closed the company down. And I couldn't get a job to save my life, no matter how good my resume was. I thought I had a good resume as a Walmart store manager. I started selling books door to door. I started working at a Kinko's copy shop. Now they're FedEx Kinko's is what they call them now. But making copies for people. Eight bucks an hour. Told my wife, I don't know. We're gonna, we got a word from the Lord. Thank God for his words that keep us. We got a word from the Lord. Don't take any thought what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. I know the things you have need of before you ask. And so we stopped buying groceries. Didn't have money for it anyway, so that was easy. <laughs> true story. It's a true story. And I'm thinking, is this glory to glory? Because I liked it a lot better 65 to 75 hours a week at Walmart. Good money coming in. I re- Matter of fact, the job that I lost that started this spiral, not the Walmart when I walked away from that one under the instruction of the Lord. And it was the Lord, there's no doubt about it. But the day I lost that other job that started this spiral... Is the same day we signed on how purchasing a house. Yeah. Glory to glory. Here we go. This is glorious. Well, he said that the gloriousness of the spirit was greater than of the law. And so there's this place from glory to. It's that two that can get us if we're not careful. And so I had to learn some things about the Lord said, I got to do this. When we came through that season, after those four years again, you want to know all the story, come talk to me sometime. We came through that season not knowing where the next meal was going to come from, but food always was there. Sometimes it just showed up on the porch. Nobody knew what we were going through. We'd come out of a store one time and there was food sitting in our car. God does stuff, his business. And so he made a way. And so when we came through that season... We came through that season. I was praying one day and I said, Lord, I I learned some stuff that was in me that I didn't realize was in me through that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've gone through some stuff and all of a sudden some junk starts coming to the surface. You thought, oh man, I didn't know that was there. That's what the wilderness does. It's not God punishing you. It's God preparing you for the next glory. Because the glory we're being changed into is the same image of God. And no flesh will glory in his presence. And so he brings things to the surface to kill us. You heard me right. He's killing us. He's killing the carnal man. He's crucified. This is what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, I die daily. When he said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't even live by my own faith anymore. But it's a process from glory to glory. Now, you'll be just like those disciples in that boat. You can be out there going, Oh, we're going to die. Some of you have been there. You've been there, long. Sister Cindy has been there long enough. She's she got some stories. I saw her giggling over there laughing. Most of you in this room have got these stories, right? Storm, and you're out there in the boat and you're like, Ah, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? Sounds sort of funny, but that's what they said. They went down and woke him up, right? In one passage, he was sleeping in the ship. They went down and woke him up, don't you? You know, isn't it interesting? They were in the midst of their storm, and they were more worried about the storm. Jesus was there the whole time. Why didn't they go talk to him as soon as the storm started? Just like us. Well, let me see if I can get through this. See if I can make it by myself. Paul said, when he starts riding in your heart, when the Spirit of God starts working in here, your sufficiency is not of yourself. And so he takes us from glory to glory. And the transition process, what does it do? It continues to remove self-sufficiency. It continues to remove self-dependence. It continues to remove self-confidence. And it says, all of my hope is in you. All of my confidence is in you. All of my trust is in you. Anything good that comes out of this vessel is because of you. It's nothing I've done of myself, nothing I've produced of myself. But the Spirit of God is written upon my heart. And the Spirit of God is written on your heart and begins to witness to lives you come in contact with. And there's not a one of us that goes, I did it. But it's the process from glory to glory. Watch. We won't read the whole chapter. We don't have time. But go read chapter 4. But let's skip down. To verse 15 of chapter 4. Maybe we should go to verse 7 just because. Sorry, Brother Jerry. We referenced this earlier, but I want you to see it in the Word of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God, not of us. Next verse. Here it is. We are troubled on every side. Sound like a storm. But we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Next verse. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Always. Everybody say always. Always Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That's what's happening from glory to glory. How is it that we're cast down, but not forsaken? How how is it? Because the body is cast down. The The earthen vessel is cast down. But the spirit, the treasure, it's not. The earth and vessel's distressed. The treasure in the vessel, it's not distressed. That's the distinction that he's making in those prior verses. The one is what's happening to the earth and vessel, the other is the condition of the spirit, the treasure in the vessel. And so, what's happening to the vessel? The vessel is always bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why is this happening? This is why it's happening that the life, Also of Jesus might be made what? Oh, there's that word again. You are living letters manifestly declared. You're bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus can be made manifest. Where's it going to be made manifest? What? In our body. The life of Jesus manifests himself. Without the dying, it doesn't happen. And so the from glory to glory, that wilderness in the middle, that storm in the middle, all it's doing is it's causing the dying so that the life can be made manifest. Okay, now let's skip down to verse 15. For all things, everybody say all things. You believe that? (laughs) Well, all things except this pain in my side. All things are for your sakes. It's the word of God. Why? That the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause, what's the cause? The glory of God. For which cause we faint not. Don't quit in your storm. Don't. Quit in the middle of the wilderness. Don't faint. For which cause, why are we not fainting? Because we know there's a glory that we're we're just from glory to glory. Just from glory to glory. Which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day, day by day, day by day. Last couple of verses, 17. Watch. For our light affliction... Isn't it something, your storm in your wilderness, when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like light affliction, does it? It's like, who's this Paul guy? You're not going through what I went through. My affliction hasn't been light. It's killing me. See, Paul had been through enough to know. <laughs> I mean, read his story. He's been in shipwrecked a few times. He's been beat with stripes a few times. He's in perils of robbers, perils of his own countrymen, perils at sea. You read it. He's been through some stuff. And he's talking about all the stuff. And he's writing from a pretty good perspective here, experience. And he says, our, he's including himself in that statement. He says, our light affliction. If he can say his affliction was light. How could he call it a light affliction? He could call it a light affliction because he'd entered into the next glory. And he was like, oh, if I had to go through that again to get here, I'd do it all over again. It was a light affliction. Did I enjoy going through that season not knowing where the next meal was coming? I hated it. I hated it for my wife. I hated it for my kids. I hated it as a man, as a husband, as the head of my home. I hated it. I felt like I just, I I hated it. Would I go through it all again? Absolutely, because of what it did in me. The four years where I thought I was losing my mind when I was battling depression, I didn't know if I was literally physically losing my mind. I didn't know if I could hear God, if I could hear anything when I was warring against confusion for four years. Would I ever go through that again if I didn't have to? I would choose never, ever, 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 ever again. But now that God's brought me through, I wouldn't remove that element from my life because of what it did in me. It stopped me from leaning on my own thinking. See, he has to take us through things to get us from glory to glory. I don't know where every individual in this room is. I have, I, some of you, I know some of you, maybe pieces. But I don't know. And it doesn't matter if you're... How old are you, Jimmy? 15. It doesn't matter if you're 15... Or if you're 75, I don't think anybody in the room is 75, but it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We all in our life, depending on where we are, it's right. I remember when I was 15. I really do. It's hard to believe it's been a long time ago, but I remember. I remember when I was 15 and some of the stuff I was facing in my life and in my home, it felt like the greatest storm of life in that moment. I just wanted to get out. I just wanted to eject. I was looking for the soonest path out. I was I was looking for ways. I was trying to I was it was so much turmoil and fear and anxiety that I lived in at fifteen years old that I, I just wanted a way out. So I, I understand when God's taking us from one glory to another, you understand God will use you if you're fifteen or he'll use you if you're see he he and so you gotta go through stuff. It's not like you get to wait until you're 45 and then it starts. No, the moment, that Jeffrey, that you said, God, if you'll use me, here I am. God said, okay, if you'll let me. There's going to be some storms. But don't worry. It's just glory to glory. I'm taking you somewhere you haven't been yet. Young people hear me this morning. Everybody hear me, but young people hear me. It can seem like, well, nobody really knows or cares. It's always about the adults. No, you face things too. We know that. We may not know all about it, but we know that. And it's glory to glory in your life too. The storm won't destroy you if you keep your eyes on the one that's taking you through the storm. Glory to glory. The enemy would like the storm to destroy you. But if you'll let God lead you through it, it will become a part of the living testimony, the living letter that you are. And this is God's design. Our light affliction is but for a moment. Please stand with me. Our light affliction. Everybody say light affliction. affliction. Say it again like you believe it. Okay, good. Raise your hand if you've ever been in the wilderness or a storm. Raise your hand. Look around. You're in great company. Doesn't it feel like you're the only one when you're there? Feel like nobody else ever been there? See, he's doing a work in the body. He's doing a work in the body of Christ. And now, raise your hand again just so I can, if you were. Okay, good. We're in good company. Now, when you're in that storm... Doesn't it seem like it's never gonna end? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You look like I look back, I referenced some four year periods while I go. I'm telling you, when I was in the middle of it, it might as well have been 50 years. It right? Seemed like my whole life. It's never gonna change. That's how it felt. The Lord's talking to some of you right where you are right now. Never gonna change. I, I just don't see any difference. I don't see any hope. All I see is storm. If I look left, if I look right, if I look front, if I look back. It's dark. I'm telling you, glory to glory. Stay the course. Stay the course. Seem seems like forever. I just don't know that I can, you can endure. Stay the course. You're not by yourself. Your sufficiency is not of yourself. It's of God. Stay the course. He's taking you somewhere. And hear Paul's words. Our light affliction. Yeah. How long is it? It's for what? What affliction is he talking about? Oh, it's just for a moment. Well, we just all admitted we're in the middle of it. It feels like forever. It's the deception of the adversary who when you are in a storm or when you're in the wilderness, the adversary will constantly bombard your mind. Constantly bombard your mind. Something's wrong. You made a mistake. You're no good. God doesn't love you anymore. You can't do it. Why are you? Why don't you just throw in the towel and quit? Why don't you just go back to what you why don't all this negative, the adversary trying to stop you? Because he knows. I don't know what God's doing, but he's taking them from somewhere to somewhere else. And I gotta try to keep them from letting God do what he wants to do in their life. And the only way I can keep God from doing what he wants to do in their life is if they will abort the process. So the storm, God uses it to prove you. But in the midst of the storm and transition, the adversary comes to try to get you to quit or go back. Jesus Christ came up out of the water after John baptized him. And the Spirit, read it in your Bible. The Spirit carried him into the wilderness. Why? He was going from glory to glory. How do I know? Because when he came out of the wilderness, he went into the wilderness led by the Spirit. When he came out of the wilderness, he came out, the Bible says, in the power of the Spirit. And what happened when he was in the wilderness was the Spirit of God led him there. But what happened when he was in the wilderness? Satan came and tempted him. If you're the Son of God talked about it before, but somebody needs to hear it again. Young, pers- young people, please listen. In the wilderness, the advocate. you look at what he said, if thou be the son of God, turn the stones into bread. If thou be the son of God. What was, he, what was the temptation? Trying to get him to question his identity. If I can get him to doubt who he is when he's in the storm. And so you and I have to know. See, Satan's stupid. He just does the same thing all the time. So we know what he's doing. We're not ignorant of his devices, Paul said. And so he'll come to try to get you to quit. You just got a purpose, no God. It's taking me somewhere. I don't know how, but he does. I don't know when, but he does. I don't know where, but he does. He has not lost control. He has not lost sight of me. He is not going to stumble and fall and make a mistake. He knows what he's doing. I'll not give in to the noise of the adversary and quit. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from glory to glory. What God has begun in me, he's going to finish. Watch our light afflictions just for a moment. But what is it doing? It's working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. This is what your light affliction's doing. It's working something. Next verse as we finish. Here's the key. Here's the key. While we look not, everybody say, look not. While we look not at the things which are seen, we're not looking at the storm. We're not looking at natural circumstances. That's what we see. We don't look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. That's the spiritual. For the things that we see, they're temporary. I don't know if this is for just one person or a bunch of people, but one person... I'm praying you're listening. Your storm is temporary. It's not permanent. Your light affliction is temporary. But the things that we don't see, what are they? They're eternal. What God is working in you is eternal. And if the adversary can get you focused on the temporal, the momentary, this light affliction for a moment, if he can get you focused on that, you'll lose sight of the fact that what God is doing in and with and through our lives is eternal. Can we talk to the Lord right now? Come on, let let him affirm in your spirit he's taking you somewhere. He's taken us as a people of God somewhere. Transition is a part of his process. The transition is not transition just to be moving. He didn't move Israel from Egypt to the promised land just to say, well, I need to move them. No, he had a plan to take them from glory to glory. It's progression in the kingdom of God as a child of God. And each one of us as living letters of God, as living letters of God, known and read by men, he's saying, I got to take you from one place to another. You just got to know there will be some things along the journey. Don't get focused on the storm. Don't get focused on the light affliction. Understand it's a movement from glory to glory. And what I'm working in you is a far exceeding weight of glory. Have your way in us, Lord. We submit to your process. Have your way in us, Lord. We submit to your process come on can you confess that to him would you be willing to communicate that to him in your own words God I trust you with the process I'll not abort the process I'll not bail out I believe in what you're doing I believe where you're leading me I have a confidence in your spirit riding upon my life God I submit to your riding I submit to your leading I submit to your working God take us where you want us to go lead us by the power of your spirit. Instruct us in the ways of your word and let your will be wrought through us as the people of God as you change us into the same image. In the name of Jesus, I pray, give us a fresh perspective of where we are. Give us a fresh perspective of what we're going through. Let us not lose sight of the fact that you're still writing. Let us not lose sight of the fact that in the writing, you're taking us somewhere that we're not just... Maintaining, but you're taking us somewhere. It is your process from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray in every young person in this room today, let there be a witness of the evidence of God working in their lives. Let them recognize and identify that you know exactly where they are. You are a friend that is closer than any brother, that you know their name, you know their place, you know what they're walking through, you know what they're going through, and you are using it for your glory, that when you're done, you will be glorified through their lives that the enemy will not have the final say, but you will, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're near a young person, would you reach over and begin to pray with them right now? If you're not and you feel so inclined, pray with somebody else there by you. Come on, we got to know we're walking through some things, but it's from glory to glory. It's from glory to glory. Come on, it's not going to destroy you. It's taking you somewhere. Come on, God's not going to let you be destroyed if you'll trust in Him and look to Him. Come on, He's taking you somewhere. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray to your process. I pray to, you to your process, your will and work in this young man according to the plan of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that he be used for your honor and your glory that the things of this world grow dim that temporary things become indifference to him Let his eyes be fixed on that which is not seen the eternal where you desire to use and operate through his life in Jesus hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus come on God's well able God's well able God's well able in the name of Jesus on God's well able. Let him keep working in you. Don't lose hope. God's well able. It's just a process from glory to glory. It's just a process from glory to glory. It's an eternal work taking place. It's an eternal work taking place. He knows what he's doing in you. He knows what he's doing in me. in the name of Jesus hallelujah come on he knows what he's doing you look in that story when the disciples are in the boat going to the other side they saw the miracle of thousands being fed with bread you look in one of the gospels when they got to the other side they got to the Gadarenes or Gennesaret it's where the man with legion was all the devils in the tombs cutting himself running around chained it's where he was They went into a dimension of the supernatural they'd never seen before. They were going from glory to glory. You search and you look, the name of that city actually means the end of the reward. They were going from glory to glory. There just happened to be a storm in the middle. There just happened to be a storm in the middle. I'll tell you what happened to your perspective. It started. I'm a little slow. Slower than most. But it sort of started clicking with me. I or my wife and I would go into something. I'm like, what in the world are we dealing with? What in the world's going on? And you know, human nature, first thing we do is we start repenting. Okay, God. We start looking like, did I do something wrong? Let me think. Okay, we go down our laundry list, make sure. That's probably not a bad thing, but... Sometimes you can condemn yourself into something if you're not careful. But my perspective has changed. And so now when I start going into something, I'll check my spirit with the Lord for sure. But then I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever you're doing, I trust you. I wouldn't choose this, but you know what you're doing. And clearly you're taking us somewhere and I want to go. I don't want to shortcut the process. I want to go where you're taking me. And so if this is the way we're going, I trust you, Lord. Let's go. Let it have its let the wilderness have its work. Let the storm have its work. Let it do what it's supposed to do in me, God. But I'm staying the course. Amen. We got to determine that in our spirit. Can we worship the Lord right now before we go today? Come on, worship the Lord. I trust you, Lord. He's never lost sight of any one of us. We may not see him through the storm, but I promise you, he sees us. We may not see him through the circumstances, but I promise you, he never loses sight of us. We may not even hear his voice in the middle of it, but I promise you, he hears our every cry. He doesn't lose sight. He doesn't lose. He always knows where we are, even when we may not know where He is. Come on, you can trust Him. Stay the course. We worship You, Jesus. We thank You, Jesus. We magnify You, Lord, and we give You glory today. We trust in the work of Your Spirit in our lives. We trust in where You're leading us and how You take us there. We just want to see Your glory made manifest. We want to see Your glory made manifest in the earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray, let it be. In the name of Jesus, we pray, let it be. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you today. Walk the road, he's with us. Greet somebody, you're dismissed in Jesus' name.